the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alexander, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. We sure wish you would. We always appreciate hearing folks all around town, all around the country, wherever you may be. That's it, even all around the world. Wherever you may be. <laughs> Go ahead and send us a call. Or, Call us or I, I was going to say something email. email yeah. <laughs> <laughs> won't get those till after yeah, we get off the air. That's right. That's right. I'm not sitting here with a computer in front of me. So not yet. I'm just not that. I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not quite that tech savvy. There you go. I know a lot of people. I listen to some other hosts and stuff on radio programs. Right. And they're sitting there with a computer in front of them and all. But I'm kind of old school. Just not that tech savvy. Kind of. Kind of old school. <laughs> that's a statement. Yeah, I'm kind of known for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only man in the universe I think that doesn't own a cell phone. Yeah, I believe so. I don't know. If it's, if it's more, if it's more of us out there, y'all need to call me and there you go. let me know. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, I do not have one, do not want one. Yeah, a buddy of mine, he said, well, I'm going to buy you one for your birthday. I said, yeah. well, it's not that I can't afford one. I just don't want one. Yeah, exactly. I don't need yeah, one. If I wanted one, I'd go get it. Yeah, I don't need one. I said, you know, if I tell you I'm going to be at a certain place at a certain time, I don't need a phone to call you and buy and get I'm yeah. going to be there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hey, you know, I thought we would talk today just a little bit, a little bit off the automotive topic. But, right. you know, my wife came to me the other day, and she said that her vacuum was not working properly, that we need okay. to, get to get another vacuum. I said, well, let me take a look. So I take it apart, and I notice, and I kind of feel a little guilty, having been in the maintenance business all my life. Right. This thing has a couple of filters in it that were totally plugged up. And I noticed, I went ahead and ordered a couple of filters for it, put them in, and it's working much, much better. But it still didn't work quite as well as it did originally. Yeah, and there's other things that contribute to the way it works. Well, that's right. And when I was taking it apart, I noticed the brushes. And there's two brushes that rotate right. that draw the stuff up. And when I was looking for the filter, I noticed they sell these brushes. Well, I'm going to order a couple of brushes as well because they were very inexpensive. I'll uh-huh. say I spent less than 20 bucks on this whole package of stuff. But when I get the new brushes in, I compare them to the old brushes, and they are about, oh, a quarter to three-eighths of an inch longer. Right. And you don't think of this thing as wearing down that much over the years, but it does. The brushes are worn out. The filters were plugged up. So put new filters in it, put new brushes on it. works like brand new. So I look, and I say, you know, a new vacuum, about 300 bucks. Right. And for less than 20 bucks. Got this one running. Fix this one. But I say, you know, how much better might it have been if I were to thought about this and applied my automotive theories into maintaining this thing and not even let it get to this point where it was all plugged up. Sure. So I've got a little book that I keep at the house of things that need to be checked and how often they need to be checked and all that. So okay. I just added that to my little maintenance schedule. And I thought we'd talk a little bit today about how some things from the automotive field actually pertain to your household okay. or, or can, maintaining things, how it can keep. You know, it's the same exact theory. Maintenance is a something you spend that costs a little bit of money that prevents something that costs a whole lot of money. Exactly. Just like on your car. I mean, you change the you change. transmission fluid because changing transmission fluid is fairly inexpensive. Compared to? Compared to burning up a transmission, which is very expensive. Exactly. So maintenance, by definition, is something that you do or spend that costs a little that prevents something or has a good chance of preventing something that costs, that a, costs lot. a whole lot. And you're just kind of playing the odds. You may do a service every time and something could still break. But it's just your odds are much better of not having a breakdown if you do your maintenance. And, of course, as every week, we'll take a call on any topic. You that never will. limit it to what we're talking about that day. 
291-6901 will get you straight to us. Got all our lines wide open. And, you know, some of the first things that you kind of think about when you start thinking in this way mm-hmm. is around the house, the house is sealed up from the outside. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the air conditioner works better. The heater works better. It yep. keeps the outside from coming in. Well, it's not being bounced up and down the road. It's not hitting potholes. Exactly. And most of the thing that makes, say, home AC units last so much longer than automobiles, you think about it, you hop in a car, and it's 110 to 120, maybe Easily. 140 degrees inside that car. You hit that button, and within one minute, it's dropped it down to a very comfortable level. More to the point... You're driving along, this thing is wide open, you reach over and shut the key off, boom. Right, it's dead. You're dead. You, you're shutting it down right in the middle of its cycle. Whereas cars, excuse me, homes are not going to do that. They're going to run through a program cycle. In fact, if you take and move the, the button to off, it's not going to stop immediately. It's right. going to continue gonna through its cycle. cycle and finish it. If you turn it back on again, again, it's going to hesitate because it'll let all the pressures equalize out. If you turn the AC off, say, oh, I didn't want to turn it off, turn it right back on. It's not going to just kick right back on. Mm-hmm. They've built into it where it's got a delay in it. But when that engine quits turning, that AC is going to stop. And the AC stops. That's right. So it's car ACs are operating under a much, much more severe set of circumstances than, say, a home. Now, that doesn't mean a home AC doesn't still require maintenance. No, it does. You know, obviously, the first thing that comes to my mind is the filters. Sure. They plug up. Everybody top of mind with the viruses and all that. A lot of people have gone through these very high sear AC filter units because it does filter a certain amount of bacteria and stuff out of the air i know i use the highest sear level i can find on Uh mine and that's great because it does filter out a lot of pet dander it filters out dust in the air it also filters out a certain amount of bacteria and what have you but you got to remember the higher the sear unit on the filter the faster it's going to stop up that's right because the little holes in it are much smaller that's how it gets the higher sear rating Mm -hmm. so it's going to restrict faster Right, and I've seen those filters get so restricted that the force of the air trying to go through it will actually just suck it, filter suck up it, and into, suck the, it into the air box. Yeah, and then you, then you're putting all that into the unit. Well, your dirt and dust is all going in there. But even before that happens, when you start to restrict the airflow across that evaporator, now that means the refrigerant, which is a liquid, low pressure liquid, is entering this evaporator core. It's flashing off to a gas because of the heat around it. In the change of state. From a liquid to a gas, it absorbs the energy, which is the heat. Mm-hmm. The energy is transferred through the system and given off at the condenser outside. But what happens with this, if you restrict the airflow, it may no longer fully flash that refrigerant so that a certain amount of liquid may go right back through the system. Now, if that happens, you're looking at a catastrophic failure because the liquid will not compress. Right. When it gets to the compressor... Yeah. It's over. Yeah, once that piston comes up and that scroll locks in and it, it's got liquid in there, it's going to tear something up yep. right there on the spot. may not fail immediately, but it will fail once that has happened to it. Not unlike a car with your cabin air filters. And you know, if you let that cabin air filter restrict, then you may end up buying a new compressor. It's not just a matter of, well, I just didn't do the maintenance. It ain't a big deal. And I've seen those cabin air filters that you can grow corn in them. Oh, easily. Dirt. They get they get really dirty really, really fast. And and that's the thing. Some of the manufacturers have started putting those cabin filters in back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And to at at a point, they got to where, hey, this is too much maintenance, so they just took them out. Right. So now you got a system that has no filter in it at all. They realize, wait a minute, we need these filters in there because right. they're protecting this evaporator. So now they're going back so to them. So now they're going back to them. So there was several years there that you didn't know if it had a cabin filter or not. That's right. 
Some of the manufacturers actually make a uh, refit kit, is what they call it, where you can add a cabin filter right. to one that originally didn't have one. Which is an excellent idea. As long as you're going to maintain it. Yeah, as long as you realize there's a filter in here, it has to be maintained. It's no, no more, less important than the air filter on the engine. Yeah. Well, and what happens is if you take the filter out, now all the same amount of dust, dirt, and all that plugs that going. filter up is plugging up the evaporator core. Right. Which is a much, much, much bigger problem. I remember... I guess around 2004 is when they started taking those off. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what? This is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it took you till I think around 98 or somewhere is when they started. I'm like, Chevy pickups came out in 98 with a new body style. They came out That's with cabinet filters. Filter. And I thought it was a quantum leap forward. I'm like, well, great. We won't have these plugged up evaporator cores anymore. And then, boop, let's take them off. Right. <laughs> and you know what it is? You got people who rate these companies on maintenance. And the higher the maintenance numbers the less attractive they may appear. For instance, Consumer Reports says this car requires less maintenance. And more people go buy that car because uh-huh. they have to spend less money. Well, actually, that's not so. What they've done is they've just removed some things that really would have been good to have on there. Sure. And created a much bigger problem later on. Later on, and then come back and wrestle around retrofitting and, and adding that because they found they've created a much bigger issue than they had before. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to take our first little break. Be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. If you... Ever Man, you have a personal trainer, right? Yes, I've got the guy, Mr. Miyago. <laughs> He's going to teach me how to wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyago's no joke. Oh, sorry. He begins by filling your shorts with wet sand to provide weight resistance and enhance focus. Then launches into a series of drills like crouching tiger, hidden badger, fire monkey, flogging duck, and highly agitated dragon. Sounds kind of extreme. Yeah, bro extreme results everybody's got a guy these days and if you're looking for the right automotive guy it's agco automotive we make it easy quality repairs and a staff you can trust and with agco's general inspection you get an annual checkup to diagnose problems that could cost you down the road you will need to sign a waiver stating you are not allergic to pig intestines and live geese i think i'm just going to hit the gym tj but thanks get automotive peace of mind schedule your general inspection today at agco automotive agco it's the place to go hey welcome back if you just join us the automotive hour i'm your host lewis aldersan with mr brian terry Today we were talking a little bit about maintenance and how it can apply to your home or lots of other things other than cars. Sure. But how basically a lot of we think of maintenance as a car thing. Right. And we talked about your furnace filter or air conditioning filter and particularly if you're using a high sear unit, which is a very, very good idea. But those are going to plug up really fast. Right. So you got to remember to check them more often. And maybe change them more often. Yeah, I change mine about every two months mm-hmm. at the house. And they say three, but yeah. I look at it in two, and it's pretty plugged up. So, yeah, I just, yeah air conditioning, you know, I just changed my whole AC out because it was getting old. Right. And that was about 10 grand. Right. So now you want that to try to keep it filter clean. filter is only 20 bucks at, less. Uh, at most. I yeah. mean, a, a really good high-sear unit cost me... I want to say about eight, 10 bucks. Okay. I mean, I know you can get a 49-cent cheap fiberglass one, but... Uh, I'd really go ahead and spend 10 bucks and yeah. <laughs> get one that actually does something, you know. Now, along those same lines, don't forget you've got the AC evaporator, which is drawing the air in. Outside, you've also got a condensing unit. Correct. Now, what's happening with the condensing unit is giving the heat off, which means it's drawing air, fresh air, you might say, sure. in and then blowing out through those calls to the outside. That's why when you walk by your condenser, you feel hot air blowing out of it. Now, 
if you walk around very much outside with all the construction and all you see, particularly in the French Quarter, but even here in Baton Rouge, there's lots of construction going on, which means lots of dust sure. stirred up. That's sucking right into this thing and blowing out through those fins. What happens, that dust tends to clog those fins up. Right. So the so airflow doesn't work diminish. like it's supposed to. It diminishes the airflow going through there, which stresses the blower motor. Also, it doesn't give off the heat, so your efficiency of your unit drops, which means your AC bill goes up, plus you're stressing out your compressor. Well, and you think about it, that's not the only thing that plugs it up. Right. Every time you cut the grass, you're stirring up oh, dust yeah. and grass clippings. That unit is pulling air in, so it's pulling that dust and grass and everything else inside that well unit. Yeah, trees of tons of dust fall on the earth every day. A lot of it lands in the grass because a lot of earth is covered with, with grass. So when you got down and start cutting the grass, you're stirring up a bunch of dust. Right. Now, if you hit a patch without any grass, you're stirring up even more dust. I know I run. You can actually see. Yeah, you can see that. A big cloud <laughs> of it. So there's lots and lots of dust in this air. It's going out through that condenser unit. You can do yourself a very, very big favor. Now, if you can't do it yourself, you can have it done. There sure. are companies that will come out and clean your condenser for you. Sure. But – you can do it pretty easily. You're going to need probably a nut driver to remove the top covering. Spring. You just pull the, the breaker or the, the disconnect. There's always one right there at the unit, at the unit. so they can't inadvertently come on. When you take the, you got to take the motor out, and as you take it out, you have to unplug the backup right. so you can actually take and set it out on the ground. Right. Now be careful with that motor mm-hmm. because that blade is very fragile. That blade is balanced. Yeah. And it is shaped a certain way. You don't want to damage that. Yeah, don't so set, set it, it down on the blade. Right. Set it down so it's not on the blade, so the blade doesn't get damaged away right. from everything. Then you can go in and start yeah, trying to clean just the a, condenser. A out. garden hose and nothing more than a garden hose. If you start blowing water the opposite way it normally flows, you're going to see black Tons, stuff right. coming out of there. I mean, there are some condenser cleaners out. They are. I'd be a little careful. I would go to a professional supply house uh-huh. and ask them for something that's safe. Because some of this stuff is fairly corrosive, and it could end up eating uh, aluminum core if you're not careful with it. So it, make sure it, you get something made for the purpose. Right. It is designed to clean that unit, but it's also designed to be washed off thoroughly. Right. If you happen not to get all of it out, then you could cause yourself some grief. Right. But you'd be amazed. I know I cleaned the one at my house, and I noticed my AC just wasn't cycling as much. Mm-hmm. And it just felt colder. It, it makes a big, big difference. It does. Just a little bit of maintenance. Now, again, on a car, you have the same thing. You have a condenser on the front of the motor, which sure. takes in a huge amount of dust. A lot more difficult to get to that one. On most vehicles, it is nowadays because everything is so compact. And, well, and it's usually jammed right jammed up against right the, up radiator the radiator or, or something. So you can't get really to the back of it. you got to go through the radiator to get to the back of it to blow, to wash debris the trash out. and debris mm-hmm. back forward. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you could wash it in, and you probably could do some good, but that's the way it normally flows. So right. it's not going to clean as well as if you could space it out a little bit, get behind get it, backside. and blow forward. But, again, you can greatly extend the life of your AC, increase the efficiency of it, be it your home or be it your car, mm-hmm. just by keeping this condenser clean. Right. Now, again, staying with the AC unit, we're going to move on here in a second, but if you have a bigger unit, you may actually have a belt on the motor most of the small home units five tons driven. or down are going to be direct driven right when you start getting up some of the bigger units like the eight and ten tons they may have a belt driven fan uh, blower fan uh-huh those belts do need to be replaced sure it's just like any other belt like any other belt so if you got a bigger unit, i know what the trend has been the last several years put two smaller units rather than one big unit if you got mm-hmm. a really big house right They'll put two smaller units. And, of course, the huge advantage there is you don't have to run them both all the time. Well, you can run one at a different temperature 
That's and right. And you can run one at another temperature. Well, and if one goes down, you still got one to keep you going that's, so you can get this one fixed. That's the way my parents' house is built. Yeah. It has two units on it. They have a unit on that bedroom side, mm-hmm. and we have a unit on the living room kitchen side. Right. That's how ours is at home. Our right. upstairs is a unit by itself. And that came in really, really oh, handy yeah. when that big unit went down because we could just go upstairs, watch TV in the, in the bedroom. Right. Exactly. Because it took, you know, if, if you, unit goes out in the summertime, it's generally going to take a couple of days, if not a week, to get just, somebody out there. Just to get them out and look at it. And that's not saying that something hasn't done, has to be replaced and they got to get parts for it. That's right. So you could be out upwards of three weeks without a unit yeah. in the middle of summer in south baton rouge is not yeah, very friendly in louisiana that is not a <laughs> well and that's why you know my unit at my condo i called a guy i said i want this thing replaced as well as giving you any trouble i said no it's not giving me any trouble at all uh-huh but it's 15 years old right it's it, it was put in right after katrina so yeah it's 15 years old i don't trust it anymore he said well it's still working good i said yeah it is but i don't want it going out in august right you know, right, right now, now I can do something about well, it. In January, I can get somebody over there. I can get whoever I want. He's glad to have to work. Sure. <laughs> so I went ahead and just replaced the whole thing inside and out. Just I'm not gonna wait for it to fail. Right. So let's go to our phone lines. We got Brian on line. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? Doing morning? great, sir. Good morning. Yes, I have a 2005 Ford Escape 3.0, and I was told that it's leaking a, a head gasket, but it's external. The oil, you can see it coming out out of the corner. Yeah, that can uh, happen. It's not common, but it, it can happen. It's, it's dripping down onto the air conditioner and such. You know, I was yeah. told that it was a head gasket, but I, I didn't think that was very common inside. Not yet, common, no. Not, not common at all, but I have seen it happen. One of the Ford, it was one of the V8 engines, had some problems a while back, and this is, but they had left some debris on the, they didn't clean the engine properly, and so when they put the head gasket on, debris was caught between it, and it would eat that head gasket up, and it was wearing all past as well, so it would start leaking all out. But I don't think that was a three five. I think that was one of the V8 engines, and that's been many years ago. But, you know, I would just want to verify that it is actually the head gasket, because that is somewhat unusual. It's not a huge amount of pressure on that, you know, 40, 60 PSI. It's not like compression where you got hundreds, if not thousands of PSI pushing against it so make sure it's not like a valve cover or some kind of a uh, oil transfer port something uh, above it something above it that's, that's leaking and running down you know you can have a valve cover that could leak somewhere else and just wick its way around and leak there also the intake manifold where it closes off the lifter galley is a fairly common leak point so I would want to make real sure it was a head gas the, the guy who checked it and told you head gas how do you go about checking it do you know no, I do not, because uh, the same guy did the, I had to, you know, those are notorious for the timing cover gaskets. Yeah. I had them replace that. Mm-hmm. And then I still noticed a leak, and that's why I took it back. And he had told me he's going to take, uh, I think it was the power steering pump, I think. He had to take that off to look, for sure. Okay. But, uh, you know, whether he did or not, I do not know. Yeah. Um. You know, I know those things are terrible for the time cover gaskets, yeah. like I said. Yeah, I, would, and, uh, I mean, what I would want to just tell him in no uncertain terms, just say, hey, look, how did you go about determining this was a head gasket? And if he tells you and it sounds like it makes sense, my next question would be, okay, if I get this job done, do you absolutely guarantee this is going to fix this leak? And if he starts stumbling and stabbing, well, you know, we gotta, yeah, I might get a second opinion on that. Because it's right. not, it not common at all. I, I wouldn't say it can't happen because it can, but it's very, I would say, fairly uncommon 
kind of a repair. And there's lots of other things in that area that could also be leaking that are a lot less intrusive to repair. Right, and that's why I'm going to dig in with my mirror and all that and make for sure, because it, it come to find out the business closed anyways, like oh. they sold now. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to dig in there and, and really make sure. Um, but, you know, what about replacing these engines? You, you know, instead of going in, it's got 180,000 miles on yep. it, 2005. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, investing the money in, a, you know, a head gasket repair, if that's it yeah what about just buying another engine you, you know 3.0 you, you could do that the best one that you can get brian is gonna be the one you buy from ford i like the ford remanufactured engines a lot now they are pricey they are a lot more expensive than gm and, and chrysler all in their replacement engines for some reason but still a lot less than another vehicle if you like the car a lot it does what you want to do i mean no other problems no other real problems yeah i mean i'd probably want to do a full general inspection on the car and make sure there's no other looming problems and if everything else is good on it, I mean, even putting an engine in is going to be so much less expensive than another car and serve pretty much the same function. But now you, you, would, you would Ford even sell a 2005 still? Probably do. Probably. They probably do because they carried that engine way up past 2005. It just depends on when that engine went off production. But I would see if you can't find that. And, again, this is all predicated on assuming it is the head gasket leaking. Right, you you mentioned that the power steering pump was above the the part that needs the it needs to be removed. It's very possible no, uh, the power steering pump yeah. could be leaking. I think it's a is it's the power steering or the is it the uh, air conditioner? It could be. It could I be, know it's be the power because can. I think you're right. It's the power steering because a high pressure hose goes in right in that right. area. Right, so. and you know any leak on that could be running yeah. down and, and look like a head. I just sure. want to be absolutely sure that I had a proper diagnosis because. I mean, even though it's a 2005, has 180,000 miles, that engine it's may still much, have a lot, yeah. of, lot of use left in it if, you know, it's had been maintained properly. And it has because, I mean, I take care of it. So, you know, like I said, I had the time to cover because, you know, they're notorious for that. I realize yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Leaking, you know. But it's just a head gasket I'm having a hard time yeah, believing. Rep- yeah, I would certainly yeah, want to get a opinion. really good diagnosis. I mean, if you can do it yourself, that's great. You may have to remove something to get in there and really look and Technically, if it's leaking, you ought to be able to clean it off, crank it up, and see it oozing out. You know, it should should be something fairly easy to see. But if not, I'd probably find somebody else that I trust that can get a second opinion on that. I I, I wouldn't go start pulling head gasket out of that thing right off. Right. The all right, I feel that way too. Oh well, I thank you guys very much for your information and uh, listen to you every Saturday. Oh well, great! Over where, here, where, where are you calling from, Brian? Austin, Texas. Oh, okay, very well, good, very very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, just get that checked out good before you do it, and then, like I said, if if it were to get to the head gasket, you might consider another engine. Look around, see what's available, what the price is, and see you know, if you can justify it. Yeah, I'm okay with you know the three grand or whatever to, for another engine, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know a couple grand or a grand or right, couple grand to put it in. I'm okay with it. Yeah, so I'm yeah. going to keep the vehicle. Well, that's know? a lot. That's probably not even yeah. the sales tax on a new one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm okay with it. Yep. Yeah, thank you very much, Bye. you guys. I Th- appreciate it. Thanks, Carl, man. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we got time to catch one more. Yeah, we've got Bruce online. Good morning, Bruce. Hey, good morning. How's it going? Doing great, sir. You ought to be outside. Sure is a pretty day. Oh, isn't it lovely? Look, uh, I've got a a 17 uh, F-150. Uh-huh. And I imagine I need to change the cabin air filter by now. Can you tell me how I get to it? Not right offhand. No. (laughs) That's something I'm going to have to go to service. I would have to look look it up, Mr. Bruce. They got so many different 
ways of doing it. Most of them are down Behind under or box. around the glove box. Yeah. And on some of them, you have to actually take the glove box out to get to them. But I would have to look that up in service data. I'm just not familiar enough off the top of my head to tell you where it would be on a 17. You know, Ford. They move them up. They Ford move had, them around. They had them underneath the cowling. And then they quit putting them. And right. So they, they move them around a lot. But you can send an email. I could look it up in service data and, and tell you where it's at. Oh, well, I'm, I'm computer illiterate. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I believe if you go to one of the parts stores, I think they can, I think they have guides that show you where, where they all are based on the type of car. Should be in your owner's okay. manual, too. And maybe an owner's manual. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Well, the only thing the owner's manual says is uh, it's behind the glove box. Yeah. Okay. You know, what you might do, you know how to take that glove box, just push down on a little retainer and then flip it forward. And look yep. up in there and see if you can't just see a little access panel. It should be fairly straightforward, fairly easy to see. All righty. Well, apparently you don't know any more about it than I do. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> All right. Thank you, man. All right, All right. Bruce. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. 291-6901 is the number. We're going to take our second quick little break. Be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Mimi, your hair is so cute. Who cuts it? Oh, thanks. I got a guy for you. Here's his card. It just says Fallon. Oh, no. It's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Fallon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair. Deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. Seems like old Fallon has quite a gig going. Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with ACO's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape. So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision, too. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at ACO Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back. Just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. I'm sure appreciate you spending your Tuesday. <laughs> Saturday morning. Saturday morning. There you us. go. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going right back to our phone lines. We got Jimmy online. Good morning, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, you there? Hello. Yes, Hello. sir. Hello. Uh, I call right back, Jimmy. I'll push straight up to the top of this. We've got a bad connection. Going back to the line with Leroy. Good morning, Leroy. Good morning. Yes, sir. Um, I got a problem with air conditioning units. I got a 2011 Chevy Avalanche. Uh-huh. And it doesn't matter whether I got it on heat or whether I got it on cool. My lines freeze up and my condenser freezes up. And I'm trying to figure out what could be the problem causing it. Yeah, if you got lines freezing up, it's got a restriction yeah. somewhere in the system. Most likely, the orifice tube is going to be restricted, and that's not the problem. That's a symptom of the problem. The problem is going to be there's debris being generated in the system, which most of the time is coming from the compressor, although it could be the accumulators breaking down. But some kind of debris, your system's contaminated, it's plugged up the little screen in the orifice tube, and so it's dropping the pressure at that point. So once it drops the pressure, it's going to start freezing from that point. Just like, and there's a way it operates. It's supposed to pressurize this stuff. It drops the pressure at the evaporator, and that's why it gets cold inside. Well, it's just doing the same thing in the line. But that's going to be some kind of restriction. 
Most of the time, Jimmy, that's going to be a major repair. Something has failed in the system or is failing in the system and it's plugged that tube. You can pull a tube out if it's all plugged up, then you know. If it's kind of a black, dry, powdery stuff, we call that black death. Mm-hmm. Uh, that right. means the compressor's gone out. It's, it's probably had a leak somewhere and it leaked all out of it and burnt the compressor up. But yeah, almost always, Jimmy, that's going to be a pretty major repair. Okay, well, I thank you. All right. right. Thank you, sir. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you want to call the automotive, I'd love to have you. And having some trouble with our phone lines, I'm sorry. If 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 you're trying to get through and and having problems, just call right back, and we'll see if we can't get you in. We were talking earlier about about how houses and cars both have maintenance on them. Right. We talked a lot about air conditioners and filters and the condition. Another thing to look out for, and this happened to me, if you've got, pets in your home where particularly long-haired pets maybe a cat sure. or a long-haired dog where they lose a lot of hair check close and make sure that your refrigerator the, the condenser is generally right down at, at the, the bottom, bottom under the door right right it's drawing air in because that's some of the cooler air the heat tends to rise so the cooler air is at the floor it draws that air in to keep that condenser cool and if you've got a pet that loses a lot of hair it can plug that up pretty fast pretty fast yeah it, it's it's going to get plugged up anyway just by the the dirt and the accumulations that are already in the air but like you were saying if you have a pet it's going to stop up even faster yeah that happened to me and end up costing me a refrigerator sure. I actually, actually burned the refrigerator up i felt kind of silly being in the maintenance business but from then on i've always gone in every so often and removed the grill at the bottom there and look and make sure that thing is clean you can take mm-hmm. a vacuum or something and get in there and you can right. kind of suck it out Use uh, your fingers even. Just be careful. Don't poke at it because it's, it's aluminum right. and you can rupture it. A lot of your refrigerators now don't have that little vent at the front. You mm-hmm. have to pull the unit out and, and get in from the, back, from the back, which is kind of a major deal. But most of your newer refrigerators now are on wheels. Mm-hmm. They, they'll roll real easy. So it's straightforward, straight back. You usually don't have to turn them too much. Mm-hmm. And that system is a lot more accessible from the back on most of those units. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, speaking of the, the refrigerator, you have – Say you have a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. It's going to get dirty underneath also. That's right. It's it's drawing air. You wouldn't think it's drawing air, but it's drawing air with the fans are running. Any other type of behind, say behind a, a sofa, actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that dirt tends to stay back there because there's no traffic back there. Mm-hmm. It settles back there, and then something happens, and it gets drug out or pulled out or the airflow changes, and that is now out in the in the room, and it gets pulled into the units also. Right. Right. So cleanliness is the, the key here. Yeah, and, and all these things need to be clean right. from time to time. I know, again, back to the refrigerator, and this is just something I do. You may have different feelings about it, but I know the ice in my refrigerator, there is a filter on it, which right. does have to be replaced. But every so often, I like to go and just dump that ice, right? dump it out, wash the container out, and let it fill up with fresh ice. Because an ice that sits in there, you don't use a tremendous amount of it. It gets kind of stuck together, and it can actually damage the little screw that breaks it, brings it out. It just gets kind of nasty tasting after a while. It gets that old refrigerator taste. So just one more little thing. One more, yeah. (laughs) Take our last quick little break. Be back a whole lot more in the Automotive Hour. Hey, Mike, I'm thinking about boiling some shrimp. You know where I can get a good price? Oh, yeah. I got a shrimp guy. But there's a catch. His name is Remy Labateau, and you have to go down to Lafouche Parish and meet him after midnight. Okay. He'll be behind the dumpster of an abandoned fireworks stand off Louisiana 1, and you have to buy exactly 50.3 pounds. 
Phillips. Well, that's oddly specific. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, look no further than the team at Agco Automotive. No hassles, just straight up quality maintenance and repairs. And with Agco's general inspection, they can perform an annual checkup to find any problems and schedule maintenance to keep your car running right, saving you money in the long run. So what kind of seasoning do you use? Oh, I got a seasoning guy, too. How do you feel about traveling to Bangkok? Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. If you have a question or a comment, just give us a call. It's 291-6901, and be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. That we will. And we were talking earlier about the refrigerator, the mm-hmm. condenser and everything on the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Most of your freezers are like that also. Mm-hmm. So if you have an upright or a chest freezer, it still has the same workings as the refrigerator. It still needs to be cleaned. Yes. So, you know, to, to prolong the, the life of it, keep it clean, and it will it'll should chug along happily for a while. Yeah, those do tend to last a long, long, long time because they are operating at a constant temperature. Nobody's moving them around. Nobody's bumping. It's not like a car AC. Right. Car ACs, I guess a few of them do make it the life of the car. They do. But most of them have problems somewhere down the road. They're going to have some kind of issue at some point, particularly if they're not maintained. And maintenance on a car ac comes down to cleaning the condenser and keeping the belt replaced and keeping Correct. the tensioner good and a cabin filter and changed a cabin filter has changed out that's about all you can really do on it i know i had a, oh, a friend of mine who used to be big in the air conditioner where he believed in taking evacuate the system and changing the filter dryer at about 10 years yeah and i've talked to a lot of mechanics about that some say yeah sounds good some people say no nah, you probably not gonna get it as clean as the factory had to start with so I'm a little mixed about right. it. it. It would be fairly expensive to do, so I'm not sure if and it's are you just yeah. want to do. Are you causing any problems? Well, yeah. Every by doing every it? time you, open, you know, an air conditioning unit on a car has to be almost That's, sterile, right? I mean, this is hospital operating right. room type clean to operate properly. Any debris that gets into it, any moisture that gets into it, is going to be catastrophic. Sure. So if you open it up, you run the chance of. You know, a little contamination getting in somewhere. Contamination getting in. And the vacuum machines that we have in the field are very, very good, but they're not as good as what the factory used. It's just you're not ever going to get it back to factory spec yeah, as good as they did. And, again, when when the factory did, every part of the system was new. Sure. It was assembled in a clean room. It was highly vacuumed out. It was charged with absolutely pure filters, filtered refrigerant and all that stuff. Exactly the right amount. Exact right amount. Everything was brand new at the same time. There was no debris in the system. So when you go and repair anything, you're not ever going to achieve quite what they did when everything was new. I guess if you change every single component, you might. Maybe. But most of the time, what you're doing on an air conditioner is a repair. You're not doing a total system replacement. Even when people think they're getting a total system replacement, you may be getting a condenser you may be getting a compressor a filter dryer valve maybe some hoses but how about the evaporator core right you probably not changing that does that get changed unless it has a hole and even if you do how about the blower motor and how about the condenser fans or the debris that's inside the case yeah in the doors yeah the door actuator motors so not every single thing is new so a repair is a repair that's what it is you're trying to do the best possible job Something that'll give a customer years more service without any expense, but you got to do it at a lowest possible expense 
because every part you start changing costs a lot of money. Sure does. Particularly when you get under the dash and start changing parts where access is a problem. You may have to pull the entire dash out to get to some of these parts. You're talking 10, 12 hours labor on some vehicles just to get to the evaporator. Yes. And you got a series of different little actuators under here. Do you change one? Do you change all of them? Well, some of these can be $200 a piece. Right. And four, some four or five of them under there. Some they, of them are buried in the dash five hours deep. Yeah, that, that's right. So it's generally not practical to go in and just change every component. You may change most of the components in the refrigerant system. That's if you can get the components. Yes. And a lot then, of the stuff has gone obsolete now. Yeah. So, on, on older cars. Yeah. Many times you can't get the factory stuff. So all you get is aftermarket, which many times is not as good as if you the can old get stuff that. you got. Point in case mm-hmm. we had a Jeep that part of the box had rotted away. Yes. We actually had to make a piece to go into that box to, mm-hmm. to give it more service because that piece was not available. Well, unfortunately on that, it's probably made out of fiberglass, so you can grind it down, you can lay some more you fiberglass could. on there, and you can you can almost make another piece. Right. There are cases where you just can't, you just can't do it. make another piece. I know we had a, oh, I don't recall, it was an Infinity. Mm-hmm. And it was an older one, uh, like a Q45 or something like that. Car was in really good condition, but one of the actuator motors under the dash went out. Right. And that motor was no longer available. And the guy really wanted to save the car. And I told him up front, I said, I just don't think we're going to be able to do anything. But he insisted. So we wasted a lot of time trying to make something work, trying to get something else to work. And in the end, we just couldn't do it. We were able to rig up a manual uh-huh. lever for him for where the he door. could move it, which is certainly not a practical repair but it was the best that could be done sure uh, once that actuator motor goes out you can't manufacture another one it won't take the commands from off uh, another car or a later model won't take the command from this system so yeah you just get to a point where it just can't be repaired repaired like the that. way it was yeah so you know we we're talking a little bit about just different maintenance and uh-huh. stuff you can do around your house uh, one other thing that kind of comes to mind is on your washer if you have a washer and dryer the two hoses that go into it, yeah. sometimes they have a little filter in that hose, a little screen. Right. Those, if you have kind of dirtyish water. Dirtyish water. Like I know in New Orleans, a lot of scale in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody really drinks the water unless they filter it because a lot of scale and a lot of calcium in it. And I've seen those screens plug up. Sure. And that can restrict your washing machine and maybe even make it go out. Well, and those hoses are usually rubber hoses. Yeah. Unless you buy the special braided ones. Mm-hmm. So rubber breaks down over a while. It's not a bad idea. Not to a bad it idea so if your washer is old. Of course, I know most washers, they don't last long enough for the hose. Exactly. I was just <laughs> to go say out. That. If you have a washer that is many years old, you may want to look at replacing those hoses. Sure. There's also a little small device that's inexpensive that you can hook between the hose and the water faucet that if the hose does blow out it'll shut the water off Mm -hmm. and those are really really nice particularly if you travel to any degree because let me tell you if a hose busts and you're out of town and you don't know about it it'll flood flood a home in a hurry yeah it can flood your entire home i've seen uh i've seen the float level go bad on the washing machine the old washing machines Mm -hmm. that told the water to turn off right well the water didn't turn off and it ran it filled the bowl and then it ran over into the floor it was an inch and a half deep in the floor. Yeah. By the time it was found, and you got like some nice hardwood floors. Oh, they're ruined. Or yeah, that is, even the even some of the laminates now yeah. that get uh, too much moisture on start them. popping up and curling. They'll they'll roll up and thing. the finish will come off. Of course, we have carpet. Well, that's, oh, it's it. Yeah, it's over. It's really carpet padding. Everything else. Oh yeah, it's, it's all mildew nasty. and what and, have you. And that water gets down, it has to be gotten up. Yeah, that's right. You, you can't leave it. 
but you know, there's tons of little things like that that you may want to look at. Just taking care, particularly this time of year. I know in South Louisiana right now the weather is absolutely gorgeous. It is about 65 degrees with 50 percent humidity, which is very, very, very nice. Of course, I know up north it's still pretty chilly in a lot of areas, right. but as the weather starts to get nice and you want to get out and do some things around the house, good time to do it. Keeps your mind sure. Full of, of these things that need to be done. Another thing, if you have smoke detectors or carbon monoxide detectors, this is not a bad time of year to go and replace the batteries and those things. Right. Get those on a schedule. Yeah. Just get them on a schedule and change them every so often. Once a year is generally adequate and is going to keep you up keep and you operating. Safe. Yeah. Keep you safe. One other thing that a lot of people don't think about, and uh, if you have gutters on your home, right, those get full of leaves. They do. They plug up and, and stop up and they kind of defeat the purpose once they get stopped up. Well, they start overflowing, and the it can water, also corrode. The water will overflow, and it'll run over the back, and eventually it rots out the fascia and the soffit, and they tend to grow bacteria mm-hmm. when the leaves start breaking down in them, and it, it's just a mess. Yeah, yeah. So if you so get up there, kind of clean them out, get them clean, get the water moving, make sure they're in good repair, still face, still uh, attached to the house very mm-hmm. well, make sure the downspouts are clean so the water that does get in them can get out on the ground. Right. Check your downspouts where your water's coming out. Make sure it's not digging a hole around the foundation. Right. You know, if you can, get that water away from the house when it comes off the roof. Keeps the foundation of the home. Now, I'll tell you another thing on a, a similar but different note around the home that would fall in the category of maintenance, and that is all the stuff you put in your flower beds. Right. A lot of people like to put these wood chips and all in there, and they do look really attractive, and they keep the grass from growing. But don't push those right up against your slab because – if they get to where the plate is, which is a piece of wood laying on top of that slab, it gives termites a way to get from the dirt into the house without getting in the sun. Sure. Termites can't tolerate the sun, so they're looking for a shady way to get into there. So take your rake and pull all that stuff. Use straw. If you use wood chips, whatever you use, you don't want that right against the slab of your house. Don't want it any higher than the slab of your house, yeah. where the bricks and the slab come together. There's some concrete exposed below, there. Keep it below the brick level. Right. Because if you don't, the water can actually come up, and it'll soak through the bricks and run right. over into the off of the seal plate and into the house. Not a bad idea. Like I said this time, you just go out and check all around the house, look sure. for that kind of thing. Rake all that back away from the edge the of the slab of the house can save you a whole whole lot of money another thing comes to my mind if you have a hot tub those are generally filters in there right and those filters do need to be taken out cleaned or replaced sure on a fairly regular basis if not it's going to restrict the flow and you end up burning up a water pump or whatever so again the houses are really not unlike cars exactly. in that they do require maintenance. another thing that kind of comes to mind is paint sure uh, if your house is painted the paint will deteriorate you got to remember, if your house is built of wood, that wood is susceptible to the weather. And the that's only the, thing protecting it is that paint. Exactly. So keep it clean and keep it painted. Yeah. If you see like a little rust spot, maybe a nail has started to pop out. Right. And you get in a rust spot, don't wait until that makes a big red ring on the paint. Go ahead and hammer it back down. Maybe put a little putty over it. Put a fresh little coat of paint. You can generally blend it right in. But just take some time to walk around and do the maintenance on your house, just like you do the maintenance on your car. Exactly. You know, if you have a, a generator at your house, that's a whole other series of things. That's going to have a motor of some sort on it, be it natural gas driven, be it diesel driven or gasoline, gasoline driven. Right. It's going to have some certain maintenance requirements on it, sure. and it's going to need to be taken care of as well. Not only that, but most of the bigger ones will come on and run all the on their own every right. so often. 
if yours is a smaller one doesn't do that, it is a good idea to run it just like your car. You don't want to ever let the car just sit. Right. Get Same thing out. with a generator. Take it out, get it running. Maybe take and, and load it up. Take you a, a, a hair dryer, for say, mm-hmm. and plug it in and go ahead and load it up. You wouldn't think a hair dryer yeah. would be much of a load, but it's a heating coil. Yeah. It if you got a little portable lot of heater, a portable heater would draw a lot of amperage. Make it do its thing. Make it operate like it's supposed to under the conditions it's designed to run under mm-hmm. when you run it. You know, one last thing, and this is when your house sits a lot. Uh, I had a friend of mine who went to Europe for three months. Okay. And his house was sitting empty all that time. And he didn't think about it, but you think about the water in the sewer pipes. You have a P-trap, uh-huh. which keeps the odors from rising up. That water will evaporate over time. Sure. So you need someone to go in there and flush all your toilets, run Open water the in the sink every so often. If you're not, when you come home, you may have a really nasty surprise. Yep. yep. <laughs> Once that possible. water evaporates, then it's going to start flowing back. Hey, I see we got to get on out of here. Tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning, every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour.